John 1 and 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <clears throat> verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God, and then verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word was made flesh. Well, who is the Word? Who is the Word? Well, verse 1 tells you who the Word is. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Okay? And then the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So God was made flesh and tabernacled among us. There is a translation called the New World Translation. It is, a, it is produced by an organization called the Jehovah Witnesses. It translates this verse in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was a God. That is idolatry. If you believe that, you will be lost. You cannot believe that Jesus was a God. And not God himself. And go to heaven. Jesus said. Unless you believe that I am. You shall die in your sins. You don't believe that he is God. You will die in your sin. Okay. So tonight what I'm going to do is. I'm going to teach you some things. About where this. False teaching. Number one. of It's called dynamic monarchianism. That teaches that Jesus is a subordinate God or a, a God. Alright? That teaching that believes that the word or the logos is a second person. You understand what I'm saying here? Let's look at it again. John 1 and 1. I don't, I don't want to lose you here. In the beginning was the word. <clears throat> the English is word. The Greek is logos. In the beginning was the word or the logos. The logos in the Greek is the thought, the blueprint, the, the plan. You understand? Of God. And the word was with God. The logos was with God. And the word was, was God. Or the logos was God. Not a God. But the basis for Trinitarian doctrine that teaches three separate persons in the Godhead is rooted in Greek philosophy. And that Greek philosophy teaches that the Logos, or the Word, is a second person. Now, they don't go so far to say that, that, that you know, Jesus as the Word is a lesser God in Trinitarian teaching. You got two things I'm trying to point out to you. Dynamic monarchianism teaches that Jesus is just a God. Trinitarians teach that Jesus is the second person in the Godhead. Okay? And they get that from interpreting this passage that the Logos is a separate second person. Some teach that this word is a God or a little God. So this man Arius at the Council of Nicaea 325 AD, he proposed this dynamic monarchianism. 
Based on the Plato monad, the monad, he said, is indivisible, so Jesus must be a dynad. A dynad. And again, these are Greek terms. Jesus, he said, must be a dynad or a demigod. A, notice I got A underlined, a created God, a God junior. It's all a Plato term. Monad's a Plato term, demigod, dynad. All of these are Greek philosophical terms. All right? So you might not know much about Arius, about what he believed, that he, he denied the full deity of Jesus Christ. But I guarantee you, you probably had some people knock on your door called Jehovah Witnesses. And Jehovah Witnesses are polytheists. And Jehovah Witnesses worship not the God of the Bible. Do you understand? Because they teach that Jesus is a lesser God or a God. And they literally translate that in the New World Translation. All right? So whenever they come to your house and they want to talk to you about what they believe, you know, uh, they're, they're real nice people. You know, they're real nice people. They're kind and they're, they're family oriented. Uh, and, and so, you, you know, you kind of like talking to these people until you find out what I just told you, that they don't worship the God that you worship. They worship <laughs> They, they will say, yes, we worship Jesus, but they don't worship him like they worship Jehovah. We worship Jehovah. Yeah, they say we worship Jesus, but Jesus is just a God. So they don't worship Jesus like they would claim to worship Jehovah. What they fail to understand is that Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is Yod Hey Vav Hey come in the flesh. That's that's where they miss it. But they will they will deny that. You deny that, then then uh, you are a polytheist because you worship more than one God, and uh, that will send you to hell. Very serious. Okay, <clears throat> let's go back up here then. So Arius, again, he is rooted in Greek philosophy. The doctrine of the Trinity, three separate persons, is rooted in Greek philosophy because it taught the Logos was a separate person, not that the Logos of the Word was God. All right? Some Trinitarians, now here, watch this. Some Trinitarians, and again, Trinitarians are people who believe in one God, but they believe that He is in three persons. Three separate persons, co-equal and co-eternal. They will say, and, I, and I'm citing tonight Dr. Robert Moray's book uh, on the Trinity that I showed you last week, okay? In his book, he says this, that the modalist, modalism, of course, let me explain to you what modalism, modalism, I'm going to give you the definition for modalistic monarchianism. Somebody who is modalist. Here is <clears throat> Encyclopedia Britannica. They defined a modalistic monarchianism as this. You with me? Here we go. Definition. Conceiving 
the whole fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ. If you were a modalist in ancient history, if you're a modalist in present day history, it may vary as to exactly what that means. But here's what the encyclopedia says about it, of Britannica. It, these people conceived that the whole fullness of that Godhead, one God, the whole fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ. They took exception to the subordination of some church writers. And subordination would be making Jesus less than God. Making Jesus a God. Or teaching Jesus has a subordinate role to Jehovah. The modernist monarchist said no. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ. We take exception to the subordination of some church writers. And they maintain that the names Father and Son were only different designations of the same subject. The one God who with reference to the relations in which he had previously stood to the world is called the Father. One God, you get that? In his relationship to the world is called the Father. But in his reference... To his appearance in humanity is called the Son. So we, we come real close to believing what they believe. And again, based on that, that definition right there. That all the fullness of the Godhead was bodily in Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the Father. That Jesus is the Son. And that Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Not three separate persons. But all the fullness of deity is inside of Jesus Christ. We believe in the full deity of Jesus along with his personhood. We don't deny Jesus' personhood when we believe and say that he's God. We believe that he is the Father. We believe that he is God at the same time. We believe in his humanity, his personhood. God is not a person, but God became a person in a sense. God put on himself flesh. He is God incarnate or God manifest to us. You understand? Trinitarians will say that we oneness believe in the deity of Jesus, but we deny his personhood. And that is error. We believe that Jesus was God. All the fullness of the Godhead was bodily in Jesus Christ. But we don't deny his humanity or his personhood. Jesus is the only person in the Godhead. And all the fullness of God is in that person of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't in the Godhead. One of the three separate persons. The Godhead is in him. Bodily. Okay? So that's what, that's what modalistic monarchists would believe. But let me show you up here. Some Trinitarians believe that modalism, these people who believe in the fullness of deity that's in Jesus Christ and the personhood of Jesus, they teach that modalism is rooted in the Greek monad. 
they will tell us or they will say about what we believe that we believe in an indivisible God. You understand? That we focus on the oneness of God to the point of the exclusion of three persons. They're right in a sense. We do focus on the indivisible aspect of God. You can't divide God. All right? And we don't believe you can divide him into three persons. But we do believe that there's one God and that one God came among us in Jesus Christ. And Jesus was a person, but he was also God. He was human, but he was also God. That's what we believe. Do you understand? Okay. So our belief is not as Trinitarians teach that our that uh, this one God belief uh, that Jesus is God is rooted in the Greek monad, that indivisible God. We, we're not rooted in Greek mythology. We're not rooted in Greek philosophy. We're rooted in the word of the Lord. Do <laughs> you understand? They say this because the monad again is what? Indivisible. But here's what we believe. We believe God is indivisible. And do you know that Trinitarians will tell you that, yes, God is indivisible? That you can't divide Him? They'll tell you that. They'll say that. I'm going to be uh, honest with you. They'll say God is indivisible. Well, hey, we believe that God is indivisible. Well, what makes our belief in the indivisible God different from what they believe about the indivisible God? Why don't they say, well, we're, we, you know, we get it from the monad too. In Greek philosophy. Do you understand? They, let me go back. They say we believe in Greek philosophy because the monad teaches that God is indivisible. And then on the other hand, they'll write in their books that they believe that God is indivisible. So what's true for the goose should be truth for the gander. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? We believe in an indivisible God, but we don't believe he came in three persons or that he has three separate persons. We believe in the indivisible God, but that he came in the person of the Lord. Notice this. The Lord who? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. There's only one Lord. When you call Jesus Lord, you're saying He is the God of the Old Testament. You are saying He is yod heh vav -Hey because there's only one Yahweh. There's only one Jehovah. If you call Jesus Lord, then you have to be confessing that Jesus is Jehovah or that Jesus is the Lord. You understand? We don't say He's the second person in anything. We, we believe that all the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus Christ, okay? So that when you talk about God, God has different modes or manifestations. There's different modes or manifestations of one God. That hints the term modalistic monarchianism. Modalistic modes of one God. That's what we believe. That there's different manifestations of that one God. Or different modes of that one God. But never persons. We believe in his deity and his personhood. 
John 1 and 1. Okay, here we go. Again, the Arian view teaches the same thing that Jehovah Witness view teaches. That's a polytheism. It teaches that Jesus is just a lesser God or a created God or God Jr. Now, let me tell you just exactly what they mean by that. Arius believed and, that God, the one God, created Jesus a lesser God. So that Jesus is a creation or a creature. Watch this. God created Jesus a lesser God. Jesus is some kind of other kind. He is neither man nor all God. He just some, he's other than God, and he's other than just humanity. He's some kind of third type of being. That God created, that God created him so that he then in turn created the world. And Jesus, as a lesser God, not only did he create the world as a lesser God, but he also created angels to help him do his work. And they're also called demigods or dynads, lesser gods. You understand? They also believe then that the Holy Ghost is also a creature. Or that the Holy Ghost is the same as Jesus. He is a God. Yeah. He's a creature just like Jesus is. So again, the Arian view, Jehovah Witness view is a polytheism. They believe in more than one God. It's just the way it is. But what does the Bible teach? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Doesn't teach, doesn't teach me that He is God and there's a lesser God and that angels are lesser gods under Him. Teaches strict monotheism. One God. Okay. Early teachers... In church history that believed in modalistic monarchianism or God in different modes or manifestation. Praxius in 191 A.D. Okay. Noetus 190 A.D. Another man probably familiar by you. Sibelius 215 A.D. How many of y'all heard of Sibelius? Well, they will call us modern-day one God people who teach that all the fullness of the Godhead was in Jesus Christ. They will, tell, they will say, you're, you're into Sibelianism. Okay? Because these, and you know, Praxius, Noetus, and Sibelius, these are known, well-known men who taught what I'm telling you. That there's one God, and that one God came in the form of a man. All the fullness of deity was in Jesus Christ. They teach, they, they taught that in early history. All right? Let me just back up just a moment here. If the modalistic monarchianism belief system is rooted in the monad, we reject it. If what Trinitarians say that the modalist, you understand with me? That they were rooted in this Greek term monad. We reject the Greek term. But we don't necessarily disagree with what they believed. If the encyclopedia defines it correctly. We do reject 
the, the Greek term. I don't want nothing to do with the monad or the monads or Platonic philosophy being mixed into the Word of God. I don't want none of that stuff. Okay? I don't want, I don't want to call the Logos or the Word a separate person because He is God. I don't want to say that Jesus is simply a dynad or a demigod or a lesser God. That's false. Okay? But at the same time, I don't believe that I can use this term monad, but I can say God is indivisible. You can't divide him. You can't cut him up. How are you going to do that? One God. Okay. So anyway, Praxius and Noetus and Sibelius, they taught a similar doctrine to what we believe. Now, Praxius was accused by a man by the name of Tertullian. Tertullian said Praxius and Noetus taught this monad viewpoint. Particularly Tertullian, though, said that Praxius taught that when Jesus came, if Jesus was the Father, then they accused Praxius of teaching that the Father suffered. When Jesus died on the cross, that the Father suffered. But that's not what Praxius taught. Praxius did not teach that the Father suffered. Let me tell you what he actually taught. He was a teacher in Rome about 191. He says this. While Jesus was the Father incarnate, Jesus died only as to his humanity as the Son. The Father didn't die. God didn't die. The humanity of Jesus died. Jesus was God, but the humanity is what died. Not the Father, but they, they use a term called patriopasianism, uh, uh, which means the Father suffered to try to refute what we believe. But we don't teach that the Father died. We don't teach that God died. We don't teach that the, you know, God suffered on the cross. We teach that the humanity that God was in suffered and died for us. But Trinitarians in their writings will tell you that Praxius taught the Father uh, suffered. That's wrong. He didn't teach that. David Bernard in his writing on church history gives you the documentation as to exactly what Praxius taught and what this man Notius taught. And then he talks about Sibelius in 215 A.D. Are y'all with me up to this point? Praxius 191, Noetus at 190, and then Sibelius comes along in 215 A.D. He taught a similar teaching about the oneness of God. You understand? Are y'all with me? There's one God, and all the fullness of the Godhead was in Jesus Christ. Jesus, though, was a person in his humanity. That's what he taught. Here's the problem, though. If Sibelius taught this, let me explain. It is believed that he taught the indivisible God, but that this indivisible God were three energies that appeared in history in succession. Are you with me here? Sibelius taught, or it is said that he taught this, that God was indivisible, but he was... This indivisible God was with three energies that appeared in history in succession. 
Number one, for the purpose of creation, salvation, as the Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't believe that God is just energy. <laughs> you understand? So even though Sibelius may have taught the fact that there's one God and that Jesus was God, he could have been off a little bit on his understanding about that. So I'm not going to let somebody label me, you know. Again, I don't want them labeling me as a modalist. I don't want them labeling me as Sibelian because, again, that means different things to different people. I'm just going to stay with the word of the Lord, all right? But I'm trying to give you some of this information to help you understand, number one, without making this so complicated that I can't even get it across to you. The Greek teachers, 130 through 180 AD, taught a, that the Logos, or the word in John 1, 1, was a separate person from God, or a, or a second person. He was God, but he was a second person. That's not what the Bible teaches. That is the, the basis for Trinitarian doctrine. Arius taught dynamic monarchianism, but he, and he taught not the full deity of Jesus, but he taught that Jesus was a God or a dynad. This is all Platonic philosophy. Platonic philosophy, the Logos is a separate person. Platon, Plato philosophy that Jesus is a created God or a God or, a, or God junior that, that the God created, all right? So anyway... That's just some information for you. Praise God. You know, you can get all of this history and more in this, okay? In these books, uh, especially David Bernard's. Now, <clears throat> this is, how many of y'all believe in one God? Strict monotheism. That there is only one God. That's what the Bible teaches. Exodus says, thou shalt not... Thou shalt not have any other gods before me, God said. You're not to have any other gods. There's only one God. And you're not to have any other gods before him. So if Jesus is not God, all right? You understand? And you worship him as God. You put another God in front of the one God of the Bible. Jesus is God. The Bible tells us we must worship God in a strict, strict monotheism. We must not have any other gods before Him. Monotheism. Okay. Let me go through some scripture now. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into some Bible now. I'm going to get away from all of that stuff. Thank God. And let's just get right into the Word of the Lord. And, and let's see what the Bible says about God. <clears throat> Let's go over to uh, Deuteronomy 32. See now that I, even I, am He, and there is no God. No God. Look at your neighbor and say, No God. With me. There is no God with me, is what the Lord said. I kill, I make alive, I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Monotheism. There is no God with God. There's only one God. Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 43. Let's look at some 
Scriptures in Isaiah 43, verse 10 to begin with. Monotheism, one God, God alone. Isaiah 43 and verse 10. <coughs> Just hold your place in Isaiah because we're going to be in there for a little bit. Isaiah 43:10 says this. Listen to these terms. <coughs> you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. That's the English. Hebrew would be Yot Hey Vav Hey, sometimes translated Jehovah incorrectly. Jehovah is not a correct name for God. It is a conglomerate, whatever, conglomeration, conglomeration. <laughs> it is a conglomeration of the names of God. Okay, anyway, I just thought I'd give that to you. But the Lord, watch this, the Lord, English word, all capitalized, when you see that, it is translated from yod heh vav hey, Yahweh, sometimes translated Jehovah. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I, he, before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Do you understand? He said, I, he. Notice that I. He don't say we. He says I. Look at these terms. I. I, he, before me. I, me, not we. I am he before me. There was no God. He said, there's no God before me. There was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. Strict monotheism. There's no God be, before, formed before him, and there is, neither shall there be after me. One God. <coughs> Strict monotheism. Who is this? The Lord. Now, you go to the New Testament, and you see Jesus, they call him Lord. Every time he is called Lord, you remember that verse right there. Because... God said, there would be no, form, no God formed before him, neither shall there be after me. So if Jesus is the Lord, then he's got to be God come in the flesh. He's not a God, a lesser God, or God Jr., or a demigod. He is the Lord. With me now, we'll get into that later. But Isaiah 44, verse 6. Isaiah 44, verse 6, it says this. Thus saith the Lord, again, notice. The King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Woo, yeah. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. Now, just to throw this in, you read Revelation chapter 1. Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the first and I am the last. So God, or the Lord is saying here, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. 
If Jesus claimed to be the first and the last, no God beside him. Which means, you know, if we want to really <clears throat> bring this down in, in kind of terms that we can understand, you know, he looked to his right hand and he didn't see another God. He looked to his left hand. He didn't see another God. There was no God beside him. There's not a second throne there. There's not a third throne there. There's no God beside him. There's only one God. You understand that, right? 44.6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Amen? Let's go to verse chapter 44, verse 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. God said he don't even know any other God but himself. Which means this, there are some men, like Arius, hello, and other cults today, that teaches there is another God or a God. But the Bible says, is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God, I know not any. So that means there are some men who claim to know more than God does. God said he don't know any. So if you claim there's some other, then you claim to know more than God does. And I think I'll take what God said. God said, I don't know any. Praise God. <coughs> Let's look at another verse here. Let's look at 45.21. 45.21. Tell ye and bring them near ye. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. These terms, I and me, no other. <coughs> Strict monotheism, a just God and a Savior. Well, we know Jesus is the Savior, right? We had to be God then. 22, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else who you looking to to, be, to save you. I'm looking to God to save me. One, 46, 9, 46, 9. <clears throat> he says, remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. He, he said, not only is there not any, any other God, he said, there's not even a God that's like me. <coughs> so, there is only one God, the Bible uses terms, I, me, strict singleness, strict oneness, numerically. Not just 
unity, but numerically one, numerical oneness. In the culture of that day when these prophets wrote, Moses wrote Deuteronomy and these, this prophet wrote Isaiah. When they wrote about the one God, they were, they were talking about, yes, he is one in his attributes. His attributes are in unison. But he is one numerically. They wrote in a pagan society that believed in many gods. And if these terms don't mean numerical oneness, then you've got a problem on your hand proving that God is, is not a polytheism. The Bible teaches that God is one. It's not polytheism, many gods, but one God. Single monotheism. God don't even know about another God. Let's look at some other scriptures. He is the only true God. True God. Jeremiah 10.10. Now see, I, I can do this. I, I can do this. I that other stuff. Oh, man. I do that for you. <clears throat> Jeremiah 10.10, he is the only true God. You with me here? But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth shall tremble. The nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. The Lord is the true God, which means Baal is not a true God. The God of Hinduism, the God of Islam, the God. Are you here tonight? The God of Jehovah Witness, the God of the Mormons, is not the God of the Bible. He is one God and He is the true God. All these other gods, they are false gods. They're not true gods. They're false gods. They're not even gods. They're false gods. They're creations of man. Man made them. He created these false gods. God is a true God. Okay, let's look at John 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that, that they might know thee, the only true God. You're going to get eternal life. You don't get it in the God of Islam. You don't get it in the God of the Mormons. You don't get it in the God of, the, of Jehovah Witness. You don't get it in... Come on, somebody. Where are you going to get eternal life? This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, even Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Come on, somebody. You want eternal life. There's only one true God, and he is Jesus Christ. He's the true God. Woo, glory to God, man. You know, they interview today all these people in all these different religions. All those different religions, those, they are false gods. They are gods that were created by men. There's only one true God. Come on. Say one true God. Let's go to, let's, let me give you another scripture on, on this. 1 Corinthians 8, 4. Now, I might go over a little bit over an hour, but not much over an hour. 1 Corinthians 8, 4, watch this. As concerning, therefore, the eating of these things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, 
and that there is no other God but one. You believe that? Yeah, yeah I believe it. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. One God. The 40 and verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He is the everlasting God. He is the eternal God. The other ones are created by man. (laughs) They're created by man. If they're created by man... That means they're going to, if they had a beginning, that means they're going to have an ending. Because all these other false gods are creations of man. They are no gods at all. They came came in time. All right? They They inhabit time and they inhabit space because they are creations of man. They have a beginning and they will have an ending. Because they, they are not everlasting gods. They had an ending. They had a beginning. But our God had no beginning nor ending. He's always been. Now, meditate on that. <laughs> and try to figure that one out and you'll go nuts. He was uncreated. My God was the uncreated God who has always existed. There has never been a time that he did not exist. Uncreated God. Everlasting God. Eternal God. Without beginning or end of days. All these other so-called gods. They're just creations of man. They have a beginning. They don't have an ending. Now let's talk about this living God. Isaiah. Aren't you glad he's the living God? Isaiah 37.4. He's the living God. Isaiah 37, 4. It may be the Lord thy God will hear the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria's master has sent to reproach the living God. Say to me, he's a living God. And will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Therefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left. Say with me, the living God. So he is not a lifeless idol. You know that? All these other gods, they worship these so-called gods. They were creations of the hands of men. Bowed down to idols. Made out of wood and gold and silver and all kinds of metal. Idols that have, come on. They had ears, but they hear not. They had eyes, but they see not. They got a mouth, but they can't talk. You had to carry them around. 
I, I got news for you. I don't want to worship a God that I got to carry around with me. And I love the way the prophet Isaiah, and I, I sound if I'm not careful, I'm getting into preaching mode here. But he, said, he said, you go get your God, your little idol God. Take him to the bathroom. You're going to have to carry him to the bathroom. He can't even go to the bathroom for himself. And then when he gets through, you're going to have to, you know. <laughs> we had a good time in Taiwan because the Lord led me to preach that in Taiwan. That place is full of idolatry. We had a good time, man. You got to prop them up, hold them up, you know. False God. They're the creation from the hands of men. They are not living gods. They are dead idols. It's insane. Just to have a piece of wood that you take and you carved out with your hands. And then you bow down to that. You made it and you're going to bow down to that. And you got to carry it around. Revelation 17, I saw another angel descending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Aren't you glad tonight when you went in that prayer room to pray? See, I tell you what, why I can go in that prayer room and pray. Because I know my God is alive. But if you don't believe he's alive, you won't pray to him. Because you think he's nothing more than a piece of wood, a piece of metal, a piece of silver, and a piece of gold. But if you believe he's alive, then you can talk to that God. And that God will talk to you. And that God hears you. And that God talks back. But if, but if, if the God that you worship is, he's not alive, you're not going to bother talking to him. Because you don't believe he can do anything anyway. Hallelujah. But I believe my God can do something. Because he's got ears and he hears. Now I'm talking about this is the symbolism. Of course, he's a spirit. But I will use his human terms. He's got ears he can hear. He's got a mouth he can talk. He's got eyes he can see. He can do something. He's the living God. Cry with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to earth and the sea. Let me give you another verse. Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy 5. <coughs> 526. Deuteronomy 524. Who, who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God? <laughs> Speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived. See, when I come to church, I don't come to church and worship a dead God. I come to church and I worship a living God. And he moves in this house and he talks to me and he touches me. He speaks to us. And we talk to him. He's here. He's alive. Some people say, well, pastor, I don't hear God talk to me. Well, you need to open your ears. But if you talk to him every once in a while, he'll talk to you. Because God talks. He's a living God. We've heard him. And we live to tell it. Did you hear what I said? We lived to tell it. How many of y'all heard God talk to you lately? You live to tell it. Somebody shout and praise the Lord. Why? Because he's a living God. 
Awesome thing to hear this God talk. That's one thing. Another thing to hear him talk and survive it. Think about that one too. Because if he wanted to and just, just want to let it all out when he talked to you, you couldn't handle it. It would blow you up. You'd explode, man. So that means when he, when he did talk to you, he had to temper it just a little, not just a little bit. <laughs> because if he'd have talked to you with everything he had, he'd have blown you away. He'd have sent you to the other side of the universe. But he's talked to us and we live to tell it. The living God. First Timothy, sometimes read First Timothy 3.15. We're not going to get in. I don't have time. But he's not a God of wood and stone and metal. He's alive, friend. He talks to us. We talk to him. The living God. Let's talk about the nature of God. Galatians 4. Let's go to Galatians 4. Let's, go, let's do John 4 first. And I, this is the last one we'll, we'll cover. The nature of God. <clears throat> God is God. Look at your neighbor and say, God is God. God is God. The Godness of God. You ever get a hold of the con- that understanding of the Godness of God? And you walk in that kind of power, walk in the power of the Godness of God? Woo! You're not hearing me. Walk in the godness of God. Woo. I'm feeling something up here. It's not the air conditioner. The godness of God. God step in. You talk, you talk about the godness of God. God comes in. Woo. You're not going to feel this in a Mormon church. You're not going to feel this in a Jehovah. God, God. God. God came in. Whoosh. Crop. John 4, watch this. Woo. John 4, 24, watch this. Y'all know this one well, don't you? God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so God in his very nature he is God God is a spirit let's go to Galatians Galatians 4 and 8 Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You see, see, I'm going to show you something. There is no power in Dinad. There's no power in Monad. There's no power in Monaz. There's no power in Demigod, God Jr., none of that stuff, man. But I tell you what, you start preaching the Bible, man. He said, he said, how be it then when ye knew not God. There was a time we didn't know God. There's a, now, see, you know, I could talk about how some of you used to went to your denominal system. 
and you didn't know God. You went to your religion, but you didn't know God. You said, I was a this, but you didn't know God. He talks, he said to these Gentiles in Galatia, he said, how be it then when you knew not God, didn't know God. You did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Hello? If they served, the Bible says, did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Then what was the nature of their so-called gods if their nature of those so-called gods was not God? Do you understand? Say praise the Lord. Uh, let's, let's see what. Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's see. Yeah. Hmm. Deuteronomy 32, 17. Praise God. I'm glad tonight I know him. <clears throat> what, what, did, what did Moses say? What did he say about these pagan gods that people bow down and worship, these idols? What did Moses say about them? He said, they sacrifice unto demons. So the wood and the stone and the silver and the gold that they were bowed down to, the power behind it were demons. They weren't God. The nature of them, the power behind them was demon power. Deuteronomy 32, 17. Moses said, they sacrificed unto devils, unto demons, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. He said, they just came up, man. They're not God. They just showed up on the scene. They had a beginning. He said, but they're not gods. He said, they are demons. What's wrong with some of you? Do you know God? Yeah. Yeah. I like what Moses said. See, Moses was, I mean, all Moses, all these prophets, everybody that preached in this word were strict monotheistic. Strict one God preachers. Every one of them. They said, in Galatians said, the gods that you worship, they were no God at all. And Moses says, tells us who those gods are. They are devils, demons. Okay? Hallelujah, man. He wasn't apologizing. He wasn't trying to fit into this, this modern time where, you know, it don't matter the God you serve. It don't matter how you serve. It don't matter who you serve because they're all one and the same anyway. That's not what that book teaches. That Bible teaches that there is only one God. It knows nothing about this modern age that says it really doesn't matter. We're all on the same highway. These men didn't preach like that. They said there were demons behind them. 1 Corinthians 10, 20. A couple more verses and I'll be done. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Okay, 1 Corinthians 10, 20. Watch this. <coughs> Watch what Paul says to the Corinthians. 
He said to the Galatians that they are by nature no gods at all. Moses said that they're demons. First Corinthians 10, 20. But I say, he said, that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, and they took that sacrifice and placed it before that idol God, false God, no God at all. They sacrifice to devils or to demons and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. You cannot worship God in paganism. You can't put God on paganism and call it God. Come on. You, you, he said, you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons at the same time. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? You going to try to put God in that paganism? The sacrifice that's made is made to demons. They might call it Jesus, but it's not. Give the Lord some praise. Now, now you, you, some of y'all think that, that I'm a, a little bit um, off, and uh, I am, but I got, I'm in good company. Because let's, let's just see what Jeremiah, that mighty prophet of God, Jeremiah 10, let's see the way he talks about false gods. Is that where we are right now? Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, you let me go too long. Jeremiah 10, 7. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain for as much as among all the wise men of all nations and in all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. Watch this. He says about his God. He says, there's nobody like you, God. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. Let me translate the King James Version for you. He said, you're all stupid. He said, you're all stupid and foolish to worship a false God. Because they're not true gods. They're not living gods. They're demons. And for you to bow down and worship them, you are brutish or you are stupid. And you are foolish. That's a monotheistic preacher for you. That's a one God preacher for you. So you're stupid. And you're foolish. The stock is the doctrine of vanities. Say praise the Lord. Silver spread into, into plates is brought from Tarsus. The gold from Euphes. The work of the workmen of the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Verse 14. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Stupid in his knowledge. 
Every founder is confounded by the graven image, for his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. So Buddha, Allah, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Islam, all of that. You know, they are no gods at all. They are false gods. They are worshiping demons. If you're not worshiping the one God of the Bible, and His name is Jesus Christ, He is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not worshiping Him, then you are worshiping a demon. And, and as Jeremiah said, that is brutish, that is stupid, and that's foolish for you to do that. Woo. I got to do one more. I have to. Isaiah 37. <clears throat> He's the maker. <clears throat> Isaiah 37. Can y'all stay with me a little longer? Thirty-seven, sixteen. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Who is? God is. Then why does the Bible say in Colossians that Jesus created it? Why does it say that Jesus created all things and he was before all things? Because as God, he created all things and as God he was before all things as a man in his birth that's when sonship came in at his birth you believe that tonight give God some praise some other scriptures Isaiah 44 24 let's go there Isaiah 44 24 thus saith the Lord thy redeemer who the Lord is thy redeemer and he that formed thee from the womb I am the Lord that maketh all things that stretcheth forth the heaven Heavens alone that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. He didn't have no help. He didn't have a demigod, a lesser God, a God junior, a God helping him. He did it by himself. He's the maker. So there goes evolution. Evolution is utterly false. God made it. Isaiah 45, 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, say created. He brought something out of nothing. Create means to bring something out of nothing. He just said, let there be. He said, let there be light. And that's ongoing. Let there be light. Let there be light. Light, 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 light. He didn't say it one time. He said, let there be light, 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 light. You understand? Give God some praise. Woo. 18. I read it all. Ah, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and that made it. He had established it, He created it, not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Isn't that beautiful? I believe that. I believe that. So everywhere you, everywhere you read about God, he, it is a strict monotheism. And anybody who worships anything other than that God is a devil worshiper. And it's stupid and it's foolish. 
So I'm not going to worship money. I'm not going to worship cars. I'm not going to worship a job. I'm not, <clears throat> praise God, I'm going to worship God. He deserves my praise. He deserves my worship. I'm not worship I don't worship my wife. And she for sure don't worship me. <laughs> Some people say, I just worship the ground she walks on. <laughs> You are brutish and you are foolish. (laughs) You better get your head on straight. You better worship God. I'm glad I know who he is. Lord Jesus, we just thank you tonight.